What's going on, guys? This is the Crypto Brew Show, where we are drinking brews and talking about it. We have a very special interview episode for you guys today. But first, let's go ahead and see Jojo. How you doing out there, man? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, five o'clock somewhere. Let's get this going with a beer. All right. Very Cheers. I like it. I like it. Roan, how early it is over there? It's 4 a.m. <laughs> and guess what? It's still going down. <laughs> Drinking the uh, Big Sky Brewing Summer Honey. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, the uh, reason we're all here today, we have Sam Stone from the Crypto Fund, who we will introduce here in just a minute. But first, the boring part. We're going to run through our disclaimer. The information provided on the show does not constitute investment advice, financial advice, trading advice, or any other sort of advice. Crypto Brew Show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Conduct your own due diligence and consult your financial advisor before making any investment decisions. All right. Hashtag Nafamu. Not a financial advisor, my own opinion, and hashtag BYOB, we did, did you? I'm drinking the good old coffee Kolsch this morning, delicioso. All right, Sam Stone, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, very well. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. Uh, drinking a, uh, a Czech brew here, being located in the Czech Republic, one of my favorites, the Stara Pramen unfiltered uh cheers to everyone and uh thanks again guys for having me on the crypto brew show yeah absolutely we 100 percent appreciate you being here and being able to talk a little bit more about uh the swarm fund uh, but before we go into that why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into crypto in the first place Sure. So I guess before um, sort of diving into the crypto space, I was uh, actually a digital director for an Australian advertising agency for about 10 years. And uh, as part of that, I um, uh, built a small team here in the Czech Republic. Um, and one of my uh, colleagues here about 18 months ago or so started getting into sort of more deeply into crypto. He dabbled a little bit with Bitcoin two or three years back. Um, at the time, we kind of all felt it was a bit of a joke and, you know, we kind of laughed uh, at, at, at the whole idea of it. And then 18 months ago, roughly, um, he started sort of getting more serious about it. And we, were, we found ourselves talking about crypto in the office more and more and more each day um that kind of perked uh my interest in the space i started reading a lot about what the sort of fundamental goals of sort of, of bitcoin and the original satoshi white paper were and i found that actually they aligned a lot with my sort of political and ideal ideas and ideals um i'd previously worked in uh some uh, parts of the world that are sort of underserviced by uh, technology and, and, and finance. I've been in Afghanistan for a little while and and I kind of felt like, you know, blockchain actually had, uh, you know, this theme of, um, uh, I guess, bringing power back to the people in some ways and a sort of a separation of, of uh, authority from influence through sort of decentralization. Uh, so we kind of would, you know, similar to you guys, we'd talk about different projects that we'd come across. 
um, how they work, the mechanics of them, the psychology of them, um, and sort of got more uh, involved in, you know, from a, from a, from a sort of a, a distant perspective. And then, uh, as it turned out, my colleague's brother-in-law, uh, who used to be a marketing uh, manager at Facebook, um, actually jumped ship and joined Swarm. Uh, at the time, it was just before the uh, Swarm's ICO in October. It was around summertime last year, and they needed some help doing um, some video marketing, um, which is what we, we had been doing for the previous 10 years. So we kind of helped out. And that's where, how the relationship with Swarm kind of developed. Um, we met the, the Swarm team in Vegas uh, for a, a conference, and we found that we all got along great. And that sort of started the transition to um, to move out of the advertising industry and uh, into the, the blockchain space and sort of become part of the core team at Swarm. Um, so that's in a nutshell how sort of how I got involved. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, well, we did have, uh, like you mentioned, uh, there were that article came out on the Swarm Fund, and that's kind of how um, we saw it, and we originally heard about you guys. And I mean, that's one of the main reasons we're here today, so you can kind of talk a little bit more into that. But we'll definitely jump into that question uh, a little bit later on. Um, but I mean, the reason we're all here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what Swarm is, uh, their vision, and uh, their roadmap for the future. Yeah. So, I mean, in a nutshell, um, Swarm is a, an organization that is building infrastructure. So what we're doing is we're building, if you, if you think of it in the same way that Ethereum sort of has built the, you know, the, the decentralized world computer, um, Swarm's goal is to build, you know, financial and legal infrastructure that enables the tokenization of real-world assets. Now, what does that mean? That means that what we, what blockchain technology sort of allows um, us uh, to do is to enable fractional ownership of real-world assets and permit people who uh, have not been able to participate in investment opportunities that, that in the past have been sort of very exclusive, um, it enables them to do that um, in, a, in, a, in a trustless, uh, secure, decentralized environment where um, they can also participate in the governance of those investment opportunities and the underlying assets. So essentially what we're building is a, is a is sort of a marketplace infrastructure that brings together on one side um, projects and, uh, and uh, companies and fund managers who are looking for alternative sources of capital with um, individuals, family offices and, and eventually institutions that want to invest in these opportunities. Um, specific to sort of retail and individual investors, as I was saying, you know, most of us have, have never been able to access the highest yielding uh, investment opportunities that, well, sort of, you know, the wealthy and connected and, you know, the one percenters, to use that term, have had. You know, typically speaking, if you look at sort of an example, let's take um, kind of, you know, you know, touching on the example of the equity token announcement that we recently had, 
if you look at say Facebook, um, you know, if if you and I wanted uh, to get Facebook stock uh, before their IPO, that was basically impossible. We would have needed, you know, vast sums of money, um, access to that very early stage, those very early rounds of of, uh, of fundraising. And not only that, if we were able to invest, we'd actually be locked into those opportunities for many years because there was no liquid market for you to, to you know, to trade trade in or out of those. Um, so what sort of our technology aims to do is, is really break down those barriers. So it's about access to financial opportunities for the masses um, in a way that doesn't require, uh, you know, in-depth knowledge of the, of the legal issues involved that remains compliant with, you know, with the SEC regulations specifically for, you know, not only for US investors, but for anyone, you know, um, and that, uh, as I said, invites sort of participation into investment opportunities uh, in a much deeper way. So we're not talking about sort of like Kickstarter or your typical sort of GoFundMe type uh, situation where you're, you're, you know, you're, yes, you're funding a project, but you don't have any equity in it. You don't really have a say in how that project's going to develop, and you don't. Uh, and, and of course, without having equity, there's, you know, there's not even an issue of being able to trade in and out of that opportunity. So, what Swarm is doing is, I feel, you know, in a, in a sense, revolutionary in that it really opens up um, these opportunities and goes further by trying to sort of connect both sides with each other in, uh, in a very positive way. Um, you know, I've never thought of myself as being an investor. You know, when you think, typically when individuals think about investing, most of us think, well, that's not for us. You know, I don't have, you know, the, the capital or the funds to be an investor, to be, you know, a VC or whatever. Um, you know, we might own a few stocks here or there, but it's pretty, it's pretty, you don't really feel like you're, you're actively involved, you know, you're kind of, a, and even you, you know, you, you could even go so far as to say your interests aren't really necessarily, um, you know, considered. Um, so that's the, that's the sort of overall mission. Um, Swarm was originally founded back in 2014 um, by a, a different team than we are now. Um, and they had an, they ran an ICO and raised a million dollars and, and, you know, went down the path of, of building out the technology that was, was, you know, was required to, uh, to do what, what we're doing now. What would happen was that, um, very soon sort of the realities of the, of the regulatory environment became clearer and, uh, it, it, it was, the team quickly understood that without getting the legals and compliance and regulatory um, issues solved or resolved, having the technology was not going to enable, um, you know, the, the, the functions that we wanted to achieve. So what happened was that sort of the project started to uh, change direction a little bit. A new team was formed about 18 months ago with the goal, firstly, of you know, before building out any technology, of really um, 
ironing out the regulatory and compliance issues. And this meant doing a lot of research, this meant talking to legal teams and trying to understand what were the regulatory requirements around security tokens and issuing them, trading them, transferring them, uh, enabling exchanges to deal with them. And so Swarm spent about a year just doing that, you know, before the ICO, the recent ICO, before launching any platform. And we felt that that gave us a huge competitive advantage in the market over uh, other projects that raised more money, sure, but dived into the, you know, building the technology without thinking about the, the regulations. So fast forward a little bit to uh, October last year, and we had we ran an ICO uh, or, or a public token sale, uh, raised some funds, and relatively quickly we were able to launch a an MVP of the platform in January of, of 2018 this year, and we launched with two inaugural funds, which. Um, fulfilled our sort of vision of really bringing um, the first security token investment opportunities live to the market. Uh, one was a distressed real estate fund based in the US. Um, uh, this was a fund that actually had been operating for quite a while, had an established income stream. So we're not talking about, you know, a brand new project like a typical ICO where you're, you're really um, speculating. We're talking about an investment opportunity that is already running, but just needs more capital to scale. The second opportunity was uh, Silicon Valley Coin, which was a fund of pre-IPO high-tech stocks. So we're talking companies like Airbnb, like potentially Lyft or Slack. These are well-known high-tech brands that are in sort of the 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 the, the stage of growth where they're um, in, the, in the midst of launching, you know, or, or going public, but not quite yet. Um, their, their stocks aren't publicly traded, but through a partner of ours, we were able to secure, um, or they were able to secure uh, getting sort of secondary um, stock of these pre-IPOs, pre-IPO uh, high-tech companies, and then offering a fund of these that uh, individual investors could participate in. So these were, this was particularly interesting because it was, you know, the first time that uh, individual retail investors could even consider, um, you know, owning uh, a piece of Airbnb um, or a typical company or, you know, similar companies. Um, since then, we've listed more opportunity, opportunities on the platform. We have about 50 or 60 in the pipeline that we're working on. Um, and, you know, really looking now after sort of this first six month uh, phase, looking at really becoming a far more decentralized network, uh, handing over some of the governance decisions uh, over to the community and, and really scaling up the infastructure. That is that awesome. That is awesome. That was that a, was a uh, lot of lot information of there. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I like uh, on all of that was, guys, it really seems like you guys kind of checked all the boxes as far as, you know, doing your due diligence. I mean, we, we preached that a lot around here as far as doing our own research. And I think the biggest thing that I like about the Swarm Fund is, uh, as you said, it uh, gives retail investors like us the chance 
or the opportunity to get into something that we may or may not have been able to because, you know, we're not that 1% that can get into these type of things. Um, all right, that's awesome. I appreciate that uh, info there. Let's go ahead and jump into our first question here. Um, just right off the bat, is it Swarm or is it the Swarm Fund, Swarm.Fund? What do you guys prefer? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. We get that one a lot. So the, so the URL is Swarm.Fund. However, it's a little uh, it's a little bit confusing because we're not a fund. So you, when you're uh, participating in investment opportunities on the platform, you're not uh, you're not giving us capital to, to deploy on your behalf, right? So you, we again, so we're a marketplace um, where we are agnostic to the in individual investment opportunities on the platform. And, you know, the decision in as to what to invest in lies with the, the you know, the token purchases or the users, the users of the platform. Um, so we refer, you know, internally we refer to ourselves as swarm. I think that's a, that's a, you know, it doesn't limit um, the way that we're seen in the market. As you know, we're not a we're not we're not a hedge fund. We're not uh, a, a typical fund in that sense. Um, but the, at the moment, the URL remains as as Swarm Fund. But yeah, we refer to ourselves as Swarm. Got it. Got it. All righty. And I know uh, it's mentioned on your website, but anyone that maybe hasn't been there, uh, why did you guys choose Swarm as the name? So I think the re the original motivation for using the, the name Swarm is sort of invokes you know the collective um, the collective uh, power shall we say or influence of of a group of of individuals getting together as being greater than the whole and also I think it evokes some some of the sort of scientific scientific research into into Swarm intelligence um, one of the features that we um, would like to see in the future in the, involved in a platform such as ours is an element of artificial intelligence where you know we can envisage a future where there's potentially hundreds of investment opportunities on the platform now you or i um without you know quite uh well developed financial uh, knowledge and, and uh, you know might find it difficult to just to, to understand or know which ones of these are going to be are going to meet our own risk profiles, our own time horizons for when we want to, you know, seek, uh, you know, returns and capital back. And in that sense, we thought that we, we could see um, some artificial intelligence coming into that and sort of helping helping investors make those decisions. Uh, and that and that AI can actually take signals from. Um, how people make investments based on on market uh, market action and news and so forth, and so there's an element of this sort of collaborative intelligence there that we we find is captured well in sort of the idea of the swarm. Um, so that's kind of the that's kind of the message that we want to convey, you know, in in the naming of of the project. Got it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of. Uh... The wisdom of the crowd kind of aspect. There. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All righty. Let's go ahead. Uh, I know Roan has a uh, a question for you. Roan, what's your question, man? Yeah. Hey, Sam. So a couple of uh, episodes back, we had a headliner article about Swarm, and the title was Coinbase and Ripple blast company creating tokens in their name. 
So go ahead and tell us uh, swarm side of, of that article. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, and thanks for, for bringing this up. Um, so through one of our partners, which I referred to earlier, um, uh, we have been provided access to a number of these sort of uh, high-tech uh, pre-IPO stocks. Um, one of them, uh, or some of these, were Coinbase and Ripple, and I think Robinhood and, and DD were mentioned uh, in that specific announcement. And the way that works is that these companies are obviously not listed and not publicly traded, um, but they do offer their employees and, of course, uh, early investors stock in their companies. Um, there's no liquid market for these stocks. So what happens is there are these secondary markets, which and this is a function that actually has been happening for many years. So we weren't actually doing anything that hasn't been done before. Um, and these secondary markets allow, again, people with um, good contacts, venture capitalists, people with a lot of capital behind them to go out and buy secondary stocks in these companies. And you can, as of today, you can go out and buy Coinbase uh, secondary stock uh, through a website. Um, the only innovation that really we were doing is actually tokenizing or making fractional ownership of these stocks available to individual investors that don't have 50000 or or $100,000 to invest. Um, you know, through Swarm, there, there is no minimum investment. Um, you know, you could come in with, you know, 0.001 ETH and you could put that into, uh, you know, into uh, any of the investments on the platform. Um, so uh, I think what was slightly misunderstood in, in sort of in, in this announcement was the idea that we were sort of... Um, not we, but the, 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 the partner that we were uh, that was offering this investment opportunity on via Swarm was doing something that we that hadn't been done before and that hadn't been sanctioned by these companies. Now, of course, we don't want to you know rock the boat too much, and so we've we've actually um, you know taken a step back and make sure that these opportunities are still going to be available to us, and and they and they will be. Um, we are hoping to launch the first one of them uh, within uh, a couple of weeks, maybe sooner, um, and then roll out a, uh, a number of others. Um, and I think what's what's really interesting is that you know I think that this announcement kind of illustrated a little, some of the motivations between. Um, the, some of the projects that you see on blockchain today, you know, there's there's the projects that seem to have these sort of um, social, some of the social benefits and goals in mind, and then you have projects which are sort of very much more about let's make a quick buck. And I think there's some um, disconnect there, you know, like uh, between some of these motives. And you know, you can look at say. Um, someone like Coinbase, who's they're obviously one of the you know largest crypto exchanges uh, in the world. I believe that they're the largest in the U.S. And recently launching uh, or announcing a security token exchange of their own. 
a fully compliant, you know, security token exchange. At the same time, they were, you know, quite um, negative uh, about their own stock being tokenized and offered to, you know, to individuals. So we found that a little bit quite an interesting position for them to take. Um, you know, it felt like they're trying to have their, you know, their cake and eat it, eat it too. And uh, and in this way, like we're we're finding that it this is this is an interesting way that we're being disruptive, um, and uh, perhaps accelerating um, the availability of security tokens. Um, and making those opportunities available earlier than, than many people expected. Um, so I think there was some miscommunication in in that in those announcements. Um, we did receive, as as you guys talked about, we received a cease and desist letter from them, which you know um, we we understand the, the position that they're coming from. I'm not a legal sort of a scholar in any way, shape or form, so I can't comment too much on sort of the, the legalities of it. But the, but the fact that, you know, secondary Coinbase stock is already available, uh, we're simply tokenizing it uh, and making it available to, to more people. Uh, we feel it was actually potentially beneficial to those companies. It does provide liquidity. Um, ahead of them going public, and perhaps the you know the, the the threat that they felt was that if pre-IPO stock uh, is suddenly being traded, that it might uh, you know expose a valuation of Coinbase or at least an implied valuation of Coinbase uh, stock uh, in the market before they were ready to do that. Um, so you know we're working through the you know the the um, uh, the mechanics and how we're going to launch these equity tokens, but they're definitely still happening, and uh, we look forward to uh, to announcing the first one really soon. That's awesome, and uh, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, that was very informative, and I mean to me it just seems like you guys are trying to change the game that the players have been playing for a very long time and they don't necessarily like that. <laughs> so uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's inevitable. This, this will happen. Um, whether it's us or another project, whether it's this year or next year, um, there's, I think there's a general consensus there that uh, a lot of assets that have been locked up um, are going to be, you know, more openly owned. I could see, you know, a future not too far away where we all own a little piece of uh, different types of infrastructure and and uh, and surface services that we all use on a daily basis, um, but don't actually benefit from. And you know, if you if you could own a little bit of you know, let's say you're a user of, of Airbnb or Uber or Lyft or any of these companies, um, but you could also own a little bit of them, you know, and benefit from from their growth. Um, wouldn't that be a sort of a mutually beneficial situation that that us as individuals who have been sort of, you know, marginalized to some extent in, in terms of financial inclusion, um, I see that as a really positive thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Jojo, I know you had a question. What's your question? 
Yeah. Uh, all right. So Sam, my question, you actually gave us a lot of information there. So I built some questions off of that. And uh, the major thing is, is um, I, I think uh, really something that is impressive is you're saying that you're coming out with something in a couple of weeks. Is there any type of hint on what you can tell us that is? Well, we're hoping to, to launch. I can't I can't talk specifics, but we're hoping and, you know, we're just waiting on the final pieces to put into place to launch the first of these equity tokens. Um, uh, I can't say too much more than that, unfortunately, at this stage. That's, that's yes, okay. It is a hint of, of something to come. At the same time, you know, uh, we don't want to focus too much on these. I mean, yes, these are definitely uh, exciting and, and in terms of news, uh, and press, um, no doubt that the profile of Swarm as a project uh, increased massively due to these announcements, and you know the, the the discomfort, I guess, that we that we sort of caused to the to the big players in the market. But you know, we've got, um, for example, the, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Dash Masternode Fund that we've got live on the platform, which uh, you know is is an amazing example of, again, uh, offering an opportunity to, you know, new crypto uh, adopters that, that are just coming into the market now. They want to participate. They don't have $250,000 to set up a Dash masternode, but they still want to participate. And, you know, so again, we've, we've tokenized uh, a masternode, we're of offering fractional ownership in that, including a governance function. Um, in other words, you know, you could invest $100 into the, 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 the Dash masternode fund uh, and actually have a say in how the, you know, the, the Dash uh, community and the Dash uh, network continues to grow and function. And, you know, we, we, we had that project is sanctioned by Dash. They actually like that we're able to offer that uh, as an as an opportunity to Dash to you know Dash holders um, who at the moment really can most of them cannot afford to set up a Dash masternode as an individual. So um, we're definitely focusing on the type of investments that go further into sort of democratizing finance, which has been sort of one of our um, sort of uh, uh, high level objectives. Right, right. And uh, again, I think it's uh, cool that you guys uh, are turning pretty much your vision into a re reality coming out with these funds. I mean, there's a lot of projects out there that have, you know, vast big old roadmaps and all this money from an ICO and they haven't done anything. So it's really cool to see you guys actually following through uh, and actually coming out with a product. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were quite, I want to say we were, we, we've been quite conservative in how we sort of spent the funds that we raised in, in our uh, token sale. Um, it's definitely been more focusing on product than on marketing and hype. Um, you know, we've run a couple of airdrops, of course. We want to see more, more. we want to see the, the, you know, the SWM Swarm token um, distributed, you know, more widely, um, we've uh, you know we get a lot of questions uh, from our community of you know when moon, when exchange, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we we keep reminding them that we were the first live security token platform, uh, and you know that was a function of sort of focusing on 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 product. 
Uh, and we're proud of that. We're not about hype. You know, we, we may not have the highest profile in terms of the players in this space, but, um, you know, we are uh, hoping to, you know, deliver on, uh, you know, on actual results uh, rather mm-hmm. than announcing things that might happen, you know, in six months. I think uh, something really important here, though, Ron, I'm not Ron, but uh, Sam, that you're talking about is um, you're actually going through the value of kind of disrupting the disruptors, you know, and that's yeah. that's kind of what got you in the pickle in the beginning. But I think you explained yourself very well. I know we've got a couple of other questions here to ask you. So I think, uh, Charlie, you're next up on the block, man. So what, what do you got for him? Uh, well, we did talk uh, a little bit on our last distilled thoughts episode uh, about crypto mass adoption uh what are you or swarm's thoughts on uh, maybe the barriers to uh that mass adoption yeah thanks for this question i mean this is a it's a really good one you know um this year is really interesting isn't it i, th- I think last year um the hype around crypto was just incredible and it felt like that mass adoption was just around the corner, didn't it? It felt like everyone's dad and grandma and, and was getting in. And my dad was like, get me some Bitcoin. And, you know, my mom, who has, you know, yeah, difficulty operating a mouse on her computer, was like, here's some money. Can you invest it for me? Um, I think I think. Vitalik's recent comment actually on Twitter is really apt here that there's been a lot more focus and maybe too much focus on investing in crypto rather than adopting um, the technology, right? So I think um, some of the barriers to mass adoption are obviously education and understanding and sort of demystifying the crypto space. Um, There's a lot of people who... Uh, and I've had this happen personally. I've mentioned to someone, uh, you know, what I do. And as soon as you say the word Bitcoin, their eyes roll back and they think scam. They think it's illegal. I, you know, we've all heard, oh, you know, it's illegal in China. It's illegal here or there, you know. And I think there um, is, it's going to take some time before the you know the, the whole concept of you know a decentralized um, economy of uh, powered by regular people sort of before those concepts um, become more widespread uh, well then we'll see some some sorry and then we'll see you know wider adoption I think there, there's there's other reasons um, I think some of the the barriers to institutions and sort of and, and and larger players coming on board, regulatory issues, issues around custodianship and the security of, of crypto uh, is really important. I mean, you know, if you look at the media, it's 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 all about this exchange was hacked, you know, Bancor was hacked a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, um, even even networks that that weren't hacked but there's a rumor out there and the whole market you know uh suffers from it um there's the perception of scams you know where where it doesn't take much to to erode trust in an industry that's um still so new and and growing so fast 
and I think um, these are these are some of the factors that uh, uh, sort of barriers to mass adoption. I think the some of the other barriers are sort of related to the services available. You know, we all. I remember last year being really excited about being able to spend crypto with you know with a, on a credit like on a credit card, um, and Visa and Mastercard you know quickly put an end to that. There are issues with you know fiat gateways into buying crypto. It's not easy to get into crypto. Uh, it's not you know for the average person who's only ever dealt with sort of your typical bank account uh, or writing checks. Uh, and now you're asking them to set up a wallet on a, you know, on a virtual server and, you know, start dealing with, with private keys and all that. And it feels pretty scary. So I think, you know, this year is great because it feels like some of the hype has sort of um, dissipated a little and people are working on actual solutions. So I think this is sort of a, this 2018 is a bit of a consolidation year. Um, in the space, and I think, and I and I and I hope that next year, and, and you know, in the next in the next sort of twelve to twenty-four months, that we're going to see more tools available, um, more applications available um, for for people to um, to feel more comfortable jumping in. I think what Swarm is doing is a big part of that. You know, we we. When you think about investing into cryptocurrencies, it's people would think, okay, I'm going to go buy some Bitcoin and I'm just going to, you know, sit on it until it doubles in value and sell it. But the reality is that it's incredibly volatile, or at least it was until, you know, until um, a few months ago. And that makes people really nervous. Um, I think what Swarm is doing is is cool in the way that we're offering people a way to invest in more stable real world assets, but using crypto. So, you know, once you're in, once you, once you own some cryptocurrency, once you're in it, there, most of us don't really want to go out again. You know, you want to kind of hold on to it. You want to see what you can do with it. Um, so Swarm is allowing people to invest in real-world assets, in real estate, in businesses, in um, real-world projects, but using their cryptocurrencies. And, uh, and that's something that, that's going to be more widespread. And I think uh, as people feel more comfortable doing that, uh, as we build trust in sort of in the, in the decentralized networks and infrastructure that we're building, I think that's going to, uh, you know, um, foster, you know, the critical mass of adoption that we're all sort of waiting on, right? Yeah, and I, I think uh, the major factors there um, is the mass adoption is kind of hindered by those barriers to entry. The major ones that you spoke about were the Silk Road, scams. You didn't actually mention the Silk Road in general, but yeah. that's kind of what a lot of people are focused on. You know, they go back to all that stuff in the past and they see all of those issues at hand, but in reality, you know, the size of uh, the market cap is kind of drops in the bucket compared yeah. to total stock exchanges of the world, right? And the yeah. capital that's out there. Um, but besides those barriers to entry, based upon kind of like your entry process and creating your business plan for how you're moving forward, um, were there some other competitors out there that you see yourself more aligned with or kind of uh, a threat maybe? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question too, because competitors can be a threat naturally, but they can also be um, potential partners. Um, in a really sort of nascent industry like security tokens, um, we're actually encouraged by the fact that Polymath and Republic and Harbor and Securitize and, you know, Open Finance and a couple of these other players are, um, you know, investing heavily in, and I think it justifies what we're all doing. Um, I think we're going to see a point at which um, not necessarily these individual, you know, projects um, combine, but definitely cooperate. Um, I think we're, we're, we'd, we will all benefit from a sort of a, a standardized protocol for securitizing assets um, and making sure that, you know, transfers, uh, trading uh, is all compliant. I don't see necessarily that if we all develop our own technology around that, that that's going to be, you know, sustainable. Um, uh, so, you know, we, we, we welcome those, you know, quote unquote competitors. I think we're all learning from each other. We've had interactions on, on various levels with some of them and we hope to collaborate more closely. I think there are important differentiators between all these projects. Um, I think you know we some are approaching the you know the the idea of tokenizing as sort of a you know a, a vertical stack of services. Others are focusing on one aspect only, sort of just issuing the tokens. We're looking at a more holistic approach of, as I said, building infrastructure which allows. Um, not only the issuance of tokens, which is, you know, important at the moment, but long term, it's going to be all about the secondary market and ensuring that if I sell a security token to you, that we're both compliant and, and, and able to trade that uh, compliantly. It's, it's not, not going to be, it's going to be less important in the sense that the initial issuance is, uh, you know, is it a security token or a utility token? Well, if, if, if we're both you know, in the secondary market, if if, the, if we follow all the, the the compliance requirements and transfer restrictions that are going to be um, or they are already important in security token trading, um, I think that goes a long way to legitimizing the, the whole industry. So, in short, um, you know, the the fact that competitors are out there, I think, is is a good thing. Um, where uh, we welcome them and, and we hope to sort of collaborate with them uh, down the track. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. It's a real refreshing uh, view there on that. Ron, I know you had, uh, I think we got one last question for you, Ron. Yeah, I sure did, man. I, I just want to say thank you for going like in depth on all of these things. I mean, you know, all the three of us, we, we kind of went over Swarm, um, get an idea of what it is and all that. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm just even more intrigued now after talking with you. Um, but I wanted to ask you the project that kind of caught my eye was the, uh, the farm coin venture. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So farm coin is one of the more recent opportunities that we've uh, listed. And I think it's a really great example of how we can combine, uh, sort of an investment opportunity, which is obviously a for profit. Um, but still, um, with the goal of uh, doing good on the ground, um, I think, you know, I'm sure most of your audience is aware of the difficulties of, uh, 
in in parts of the world like Africa due to corruption and um, excuse me uh, sort of social in inequality of uh, the access that um, uh, raw commodity producers, especially farmers, have to financial products. So, specifically speaking about farm coin, typically in Africa, if you're a if you're a farmer um, and you need to raise funds or to borrow funds to maintain your farm uh, or to buy stock. Uh, you're looking at incredibly um, expensive loans, very high interest rates from the few, uh, you know, institutional um, providers of, of those type of sort of financial products. Um, what Farmcoin is trying to do is is really open that up and provide um, farmers with an opportunity to uh, borrow funds at much cheaper rates. But not only that. Um, give them access to a whole network of, of uh, services and suppliers right through the, the, the supply chain. So what it, it actually, the farm coin itself actually creates uh, an economy between uh, the providers of, of uh, transport, warehousing, uh, mobile banking, um, some of the uh, data providers that uh, that sort of looking at at uh, these industries from from you know a top down view, um, and it and it sort of leverages blockchain to provide a far more efficient market for these um, uh, people to work in. So it allows them access to new financial products that they've never had before. Um, it uh, enables them to uh, to to lend money at, at far cheaper rates we're talking instead of like 50 percent uh, in you know or sorry 50 percent cheaper rates than um, they're currently uh, able to and it gives them a much uh, I guess more transparent idea of of uh, of who they, they can sell their product to where it goes, who are the, who are the uh, um, players in the economy that they're involved in, and allows them to sort of to, to benefit from that uh, themselves. I think one of the coolest things about Farmcoin is that, again, because we're opening up investment opportunities to individuals, not only is this project um, sort of building the infrastructure to allow farmers to, to benefit from cheaper financial products, but potentially these farmers could even invest into Farmcoin itself and even profit from the existence of the network. So there's this sort of, um, this sort of feedback uh, or feedback loop effect um, that this specific uh, investment opportunity provides uh, those, those participants. At the same time, it provides all of us with an opportunity to invest in uh, in a project that we can see returns from, but that we feel good is sort of having an impact on the ground. Um, specifically, to farm coin, you know that they they we were I had a webinar with the guys a few weeks ago, and they were saying that there's about 700 million unbanked farmers in Africa. Um, that doesn't mean that they're that their uh, sort of 
not knowledgeable about finance or how it works. They just simply don't have access. And that's why the sort of mobile banking market is so mature in Africa because they're all trading individually, you know, via uh, mobile phone. Um, so the demand is there for technology to sort of to come in and solve some of the problems that they're having. And uh, those solutions are not really being provided by government and sort of and other local institutions. And so there is an opportunity here for um, projects like like Farmcoin to say, well, you know, we're going to provide you the infrastructure um, and the network and the financial um, access that you've not had before, um, and really, you know, bring those people out of out of poverty, uh, if you know, as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, some really great insight. And Sam, you have provided us a wealth of information on Swarm. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And I'm sure our viewers appreciate uh, everything you've had to say. Uh, Joe and Oron, did you have any quick uh, last minute questions? Uh, I didn't have any more questions, man. But uh, Sam, I really want to say thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. And uh, uh, you know, stay tuned. We've got a couple of announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, that are really exciting and really, again, uh, go a long way towards sort of fulfilling our mission of, of democratizing finance. We really, you know, have that as a goal. You know, I, I want to mention that Swarm is actually a nonprofit. You know, we we all the fees and, and funds that we raise through our activities goes go back into the network to grow and scale the infrastructure that we're building and so we feel you know it's a, it's an important project in the, in in that sense uh and anyway yeah thanks guys for having me on it, uh, it's been a pleasure and, and maybe we can do this another time yeah absolutely and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, keep you online real quick shortly after here but we're going to go ahead and uh, go out like we always do um, this has been the Crypto Brew Show interview with Sam Stone of the Swarm Fund. Thanks again, Sam, and we will see you guys next time. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.